0: Welcome back to the and Podcast, episode number eighty-seven today. Um, I'm very delighted to welcome on James Scott, who is Under-17s national coach for Ireland women's team, um, and he's going to come on today and talk, talk to us a lot about his role, his coaching journey, and just lots about football coaching in general. I know a lot of the listeners call it soccer. Me and James just a discussing around that, and we're going to call it football today and be very hard on that. So, James, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Thanks for meeting us. Yeah, I'm delighted to be on.
0: No, I appreciate your time, especially as you're going on camp tomorrow, and I'm sure you'll, you'll speak about that in, in terms of what your job entails and, and your preference for the Euros as well. Do you want to start us off, James, just with a little bit of a, a whistle, whistle-stop whistle tour around your coaching journey, where you've got to? I know you've been at the FAI now for a, for a number of years, um, just in terms of what your job entails and, and kind of how you got there, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, like um, I suppose one of them ones that that started. I think I started coaching when I was fifteen. Like um, I would have been in my local primary school and we would have played an event. And when I left to go to secondary school, I went back coaching that team. And you know, I love football. Probably back to the Italian 90s was when I kind of, I suppose, um, you know, it just consumed me. Like and uh, yeah, I started coaching when I was fifteen. Coaching primary schools. Then I went and done um, uh, sports management course in UCD um and then that's when I kind of started my formal coach education so I would have started I think it was uh, uh introduction to coaching was called then with the FEI and um you know that was again you know came back to my local club started the academy there um South Tipperary would have been my uh my local league so I started getting involved in in Kendi in Cups like which w- would be a big massive competition for for the boys of that age and um yeah like I mean at that stage then I was I was like right that, that I wanted to work in this game like and I was I was looking for opportunities and Lucky enough at the time, the FEI were were appointing a lot of people um to develop master roles all over the country, and uh, actually four time lucky um my my, my fourth interview I got a, I got an archerbury development master and really lucky in a way because it was an area that didn't have anyone there before like so it just allowed me me start and 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 really just you know set out this is what, what we're going to do and got a number of coaches around and so on um. And like I was, I think a development officer in North of for maybe twelve years. Like I would have done bits and pieces then with the international teams during that time as well, boys. Uh, mainly I would have been under sixteen assistant coach, um, with the boys team with, with Paulo Paul um, and then I think maybe four years ago now I got offered the job of under seventeens uh, women's head coach, I've been in that role since. Um, and then maybe about two years ago I also took on the role of girls emerging talent, um. Uh, coordinator. So basically, it's like the player development manager for girls football all over all over the country. Like so, like you know, I suppose it was difficult at the time doing the head coach of the women's team and being a development officer, very kind of different hats. Like, but now, like I know pr- pretty much all the girls from like twelve up, like you know, and obviously coming into me now at the under seventeens, and like along with that, then obviously would have done all the, the coaching badges. Um, I think starting the main badge would have started probably in about two thousand and three would have been uh. I think it was called the youth cert or the level one, I think it was called the time. And um, then I'd done the UFAB in 2005, uh, UFA 2008 and uh, elite ULA license, maybe 2020. And then I just finished a pro license last year. Like, so um, probably a long, like going back to 2003, is 20 years? Like, you know, so um, you see sometimes now people go through it very quickly, but uh, I think I, I, you know, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoy taking my time and, I was playing obviously along with it as well, and and um, yeah, it was. It's a long journey, like you know, people kind of say, "Oh, like how long have you been coaching?" You kind of go, choose I've been coaching really, like you know over twenty years, like which is 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 madness when you think about it." Like, and I'm still count myself as young enough. I'm only forty-one, like so. Uh, yeah, it's mad.
0: <laughs> Brilliant, thanks, James, and very very highly qualified top top coaching badge you can get, mate. So congrats and on, on on that recent passing. Just very quickly on like how does how does your job look like then from differ from when you go on camp obviously very intense and you're coaching all the time so when you're not on camp what does that look like for you and and how do you balance the two
1: yeah i suppose um like look when you're in camp like you you know you have a a, with a team operations everything is laid out like in terms of an along myself the itinerary um you know every camp you're it's, it's it's not no camp's kind of the same because you know it could depend on kickoff times it can depend on um you know, even availability like at the moment, we're going to Portugal next week, and one of the biggest issues is training pitches because, like, um, they've had obviously a very warm summer, like, and, and everywhere is, is uh, it, the pitches aren't in great nick, like, so we're trying to uh, to balance that and so on. And obviously, you have team meetings, then, um, staff meetings, um, so days are really really intense, like, but. I all, always, like, try to have, like, you know, at least maybe three hours where there's nothing on, like, because, like, for all staff, it's good to, like, have that time where it might be go have a coffee, go for a walk, whatever it might be, even you put your head down, like, because um when we go into camp, now, we go into camp tomorrow, like, we'll be there for probably 10 days, like, it's a long time, like, and um you do need to balance, like, the work and rest as well, like, and, you know, obviously when games and even, you know, obviously a camp starts long before in terms of analysis of the opposition and all that, like, that could go into the long hours as well. Like, you know, in fairness, I look, I have, I have we have an analyst with us and two assistant coaches. Like, so, you know, the work is well, well spread out, but it's, um, yeah, it's it's intense. And then obviously it's not even just like team meeting. You're having individual chats, like, and it could, you know, uh, players now, what I see with the girls, like always mad for feedback, like, you know, so um, that could happen anytime someone's asking about something or how can I improve, be that video, everything. Um, So, yeah, camp's really intense, like off-camps then, like, like one of the biggest things is obviously uh, player ID. Um, so, so getting around to see as many games as possible, um, see the players in their own kind of environment. I also um, go to see sessions as well with, within their clubs and then obviously I take sessions as well. Um, and I also, like aside from this role, I, I said already, I'm also the player development manager kind of for the country, which is probably more intense than the actual head coach job, like because um, we have 11 centres all over the country that take place every week. Um, maybe 70 staff, maybe 500 players, like so, like, just logistically of that, like, and managing all that, and budgets and everything is, is, um, is class of, like, so, so, like, yeah, so, like, that's, that's kind of, like, I suppose, you know, um, it, it, like my wife will say, she never sees me, basically, like, so, um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of that way, like, you know,
0: yeah, it, it can be cruel. Just quickly going back to the camps, because, like, I've been in international camps, but I've done many preseasons. It really is intense, isn't it? Like, every, you want to squeeze as much as you can out the camp, but as you say, like looking after the welfare of the players and the staff, that downtime is so important throughout that period.
1: Yeah, massive. Like, and like you look, know, I think players are starting to understand now that rest and recovery is is, is everything as well. And like having like, even like sleep is the biggest recovery too. Like so, like we do loads of education and all that as well. Like you know, along with like you know who are we playing and and how do we prepare for them. Like you know, um. So so like like yeah, really really intense. And then I think we ha- we have to be careful as well, like because. You know, while I think players nowadays can take on a lot more, and even when they come in, um, tactly like they're a lot more um switched on over my time coaching. Anyway, I would definitely see that um way more than I was when I started coaching. Even like you know, so so like you know, they they do take on the information, but we do have to be careful. Like you know, um, and again, as usual, not everyone is the same. Some some players mad for that, mad for the visuals, all that, and there's different different people who say, oh, fair to do this, for, you know. So so it's very quickly you know, probably the biggest thing is making a connection with players and, and getting to understand them as well. Like, you know, I really like put an awful lot on that. Like and, you know, probably something we'll we'll speak about again. But like, you know, I, I think I think you can go through all your coaching badges and you don't really touch on that. But like nowadays, if you cannot make a connection with players, like, you know, it's it's you're just not gonna get the best out of them. You're not gonna get a then we reach their potential like and and for me even as a coach like i think that's a massive area for development for me to reach my potential as well that like emotional intelligence whatever you want to call it like you know that that is uh is so key like you know
0: yeah very good point we'll stay there then james if you want but like, how, how have you managed to do that and then how have you managed to i guess evolve with the times and how like you said people coming in tactically more aware the society is changed how have you connected those players
1: yeah, like uh, I suppose um, it's it, it, it's it's kind of evolved with my job. Like especially when I was younger, um, in in the development officer job, I I I was dealing with so many different ages, so I could really keep like in touch with like what the younger players, what the older players, boys and girls, and so on. Like you know, and I think like I read an awful lot. Like I'd be very much into like you know leadership, all that kind of stuff as well. Like so you know podcasts, all that. You know, I, I just think I just think at the moment now that's where we need to be, like, and and even, you know, fellow colleagues, like, you know, different head coaches, assistant coaches, staff with, with the association, always look and see how they do things. Um, so can you pick up any nuggets, like, you know, so, like, and and then, you know, like, chatting to the, the kids, like, and, and the players that you have, like, what we do an awful lot is like, and I say this to people in clubs, like, like, you know, you're making a lot of decisions about we'll do this, we should put this in, we should have that code of conduct. Have you ever asked the players, like, you know, and uh, the amount of times, like, you know, and how, like, like anyway, even it's inspirational when when you see someone come into your camp and and they're maybe a little bit quiet and at the end of it they go out like it's nearly a bit of a leader or whatever. Like that's for me is is just as good as anything like um so like you know we we need to be connecting with them that way and and getting to know them and making them feel comfortable in the in the surroundings they're in. Like and you know we we, we come into camp now like we've girls in Ireland all over Ireland um but we've girls coming from New Jersey, we've a girl coming from uh uh, Durham, um, FC. We have a girl coming from Man City. Um, we've had girls from Australia, whatever. Like, and it, it's also very, very important that they come in and they feel like part of the group and so on and so forth. And and that the girls that are here as well. Like, don't see any threat or like that we're a family. Like, and you know, I think you know, biggest thing for me is like, you know, what success as a coach is is it is not about this week and 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 how well we do and all that. It's so, like, can you give them habits that they will have. For the rest of their life like that has always been my philosophy like you know in, in terms of coaching like so i think that's really really important like you know
0: yeah really good point there james i think um i think people realizing more and more that not to be scared of player feedback yeah, about anything ask them about how they'd like to travel what they think the second because that just creates like more of a togetherness and and i guess a decision making process that not about coach being over player which maybe was done in the past
1: yeah, like I mean it was. Like, I mean, before it was like I'm the head coach, this is what we're doing, and, and like, you know, you're you just go out and play well, like and listen to everything I tell you. Like, like, I mean, that's not gonna work. Like we've seen we've seen some of the even modern day managers who have been in the game maybe 20 years, from where they've been successful to now struggling. Like Mourinho was a prime example, obviously, top manager, but he has struggled over the last number of years, maybe because um, you know, where where's I've always used the example of, of Alex Ferguson, like you think, oh, a bit old school, but like he didn't really, because he brought people in around him that constantly evolved and, and and uh and and you know kept the place up to date like you know so I think um I think you have to like you know and, and that's the way players are now like they expect like feedback they expect like to be heard as well like and and like they you know they like to and I think it's very important that they they can stand up in front of a group and speak and so on. I remember the first time I went to, to in college to to do a presentation. I didn't sleep for three or four nights before and like and I was only talking about 10 people in a room. No one cared like what I what I presented. But but like nowadays, you know, you want you want kids like to be to be um you know in front of, of the group feedback, feedback and tactics, anything like you know, and um even having a crack, having a sing song or whatever in front of everyone. that's that's all stuff I think is really, really important as well, like you know.
0: Yeah, it really is, James. Thank you. Um, Just very quickly, so you said there right, about the de- the development centers and you get opportunity within camp to coach. There's a few international managers I know working with the FA, and one of the things they, they struggle with is when they go on camp, if they haven't coached for such a period of time, they feel really rusty, so it's like keeping your your tools sharp. How do you yeah. go about doing that, and how often do you coach between camps?
1: Yeah, so, like, I mean, it's it's funny. It's a really, really good point because um, when I came into the role first – um, and I would also have to obviously the player development role, but a lot of that would have been going around to the centers and just seeing everything's okay or whatever. But I actually changed that, and actually, now when I go around to the centers, I take a lot of sessions as well. Um, when I go obviously to the under 17 um teams in the league and in, in, in Ireland as well, I take a lot of sessions as well, like you know. So, so I'm constantly like, you know, I could I coach three four times a week, maybe at times, like it depends, like you know, so like um, you know, but because it like even when you come into camps, like sometimes it's not even all that much coaching because you're talking about like we go in tomorrow it's match day minus two like you know so yeah. so yeah. again um a lot of things is walking through and so on and so forth like you know so um actually most of my coaching probably done away from camps and all that like but it's a really valid point like and but you know that's where you need you see some people just kind of get lazy and say i'll just do my bits and pieces here like you need to be sharp you need to be out you need to be on the grass like and you know, I mean, ninety percent of the people that got involved. With it loved it because they're on the grass and coaching, like, and I think um that's really really important. And like, you know, it's not even just on the grass. It's it's seeing things. It's it's, it's watching matches. It's watching clips. It's this now. What are they doing? What, what are they doing a little bit different? Looking at other sports as well. Like, which which obviously, you know, your podcast does loads of different sports. And 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 you know, that's that's um that's really really important. That you pick up um things from other sports and what they do um as, as well. Like and just keep sharp on things like you know.
0: Yeah, it really is true. And a few people said even just having like a close network, even if you're not in the office today, today a close network of coaches that you're constantly bouncing ideas off um, and just like you say, just keeping evolving, different ideas coming along. The yeah, other yeah. one you just mentioned there, James, was around what like you said about uh, max A minus two and the load, then that's the appropriate. How much does that affect like the camp in general? You said you travel with analyst and two coaches. So I assume no sports scientists with you on camp. Yeah. No. So how then do you have to take that responsibility as coaches, and how much education around obviously your pro license stuff like that, but that bigger picture, not just coaching, but the NDT. Yeah, coaches.
1: so 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 um, like what what we do have is we have a physio, like absolutely top class and and very well kind of like you know you know across like a number of different areas like, but like that is probably a big area for us like as association and so on. These are kind of like performance sports science and so on, like GPS, all that kind of stuff. Like you know, so again, it, a lot of it comes back to to like you know finding out what they've done today like so i was at, i was just at a game there like one of our players is playing played 90 minutes so like all, all that information is, is is fed into us and then obviously then you're looking at wellness like so tomorrow morning they'll fill in like about how they feel all that kind of stuff like you know and obviously the, the physio really gets in and around and, and sees like how players are and so on and then obviously our our, our sessions need to be tailored like that you know like even taking into the account like you know we're not going uh, next week to Scotland, similar temperature, and I'm going to like it could be 25, I think 30 degrees, like and so on. So all that stuff, even the time you train, um, all needs to be taken into account. Like and um, yeah, like it's 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 a really really tough one as well. Like because like the players come in and like, all they want to do is impress you. Like because like I've got 22 players and, and and you've 11 spots like for the first game, whatever, and they all want to play. Like course, like and like it was definitely when I started first in international football, it was definitely one of the biggest things even from me but but also see the players as well they just want to go come into camp and give it give it everything like and they are no we need to to watch this but but even myself as well over the years going less is more like you know let's just make sure we have and you can do a lot of things like you know in 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 um in classroom you know set pieces and all that like you know i mean sometimes you see sessions we train like the next thing then we go for 20 minutes and we stand around we do doing set pieces like you know like it could as i said Portugal, like sun is drained you can do it them inside in, in, in a in a meeting room like I'd actually I do a lot of human tactics boards is what I call it like I don't know if yeah. someone's kind of heard of that before but instead of a tactics board I'd, I'd have the players like stood up in the formation on a have a ball and it, it, sometimes it could be done you know during a session as in in the center circle that's the pitch and we move the ball around and, and show them like this is what we're looking to do and then like, let's let's break let's let's train and then when we train it's coaching in the flow. There's no like stop, start and all that. Like we just let them play like, you know, um. but, but I do the same, like, you know, for things like set and all that in, in, in media where it was not that, like where you can just be as, as, as effective, like, um, and again, thinking about the load and, um and what they're, they're, you know, capable of that week. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. Really interesting point there. I used to do it as well by putting a pitch out in a classroom. So map out the pitch and do walkthrough tactical stuff before you'd go out. Is it, it's a really good way from a, a visual learning perspective, yeah. how yeah. How then like how receptive is that so say you had a girl that goes in who's played 90 minutes let's say in a game the day before but the rest of the team for example haven't and they're on a different loading scheme how frustrating and how or how important is it to get the message across to that girl that look today you can't do much in training because of x y and z yeah
1: you like know, i mean yeah exactly. like i mean you know look we, the interference is not it's not it's not that hard anymore because like they are well well, well, used to, and it. something like through our development programs, we do speak about all that kind of stuff. Like so, so now, like players do understand that. But like again, it's not just one voice. Like everyone's there, and everyone's there to make sure they get the best out of the player. Like, the players understand that, like that we're looking to maximize you in this camp like so it's not about um, you know like stopping you or not letting you train like you know and like you know our physio is always as well saying that like you know my job is to keep you on the pitch not take you off the pitch like yeah. you know and that mentality is there then as well like you know to everyone like that Um, let's see what you're like in the last last nine, the last 10 minutes in, in a tree because we'll do three games in the Euro qualifier as well like you know and I always say to players your football fitness needs to be that you play them three, three 30 or three ninety minute games, plain and simple. And like you even see in the World Cup now, like it's not 90 minutes anymore. It could be 110 yeah. minutes or whatever. Like it's so so it's it's a key area like um that we need, need to uh, keep educating players on. Yeah,
0: yeah re- really good. Really nice individualization. I think you got your point across really well. Um, want to just go back, back a step. You've worked with boys and you've worked with girls, at similar-ish ages. What's the biggest difference for you, if any, and how have you adapted then going into the girls' game?
1: Yeah, like, um, uh, to be honest, with you, like, uh, I, I can't see it, and just like positives, like with the girls, like you know, and and like people say that to me, oh, would you go back when you're going to go back to the boys' game? But I'm, I'm like, like I just absolutely love it, like you know, because they would just absolutely run through the wall for you, um, constantly looking for feedback. I don't think in the four years I've been involved, I've ever had to discipline like as in speak to anyone about their conduct around hotel like absolutely of the highest standard like so it's a pleasure like i remember even in our first year we went to belgium and and um we were in a hotel and and, you know 20 girls like obviously giddy coming into the hotel like you know as they would be and there was like like grandparents coming down the hall like I, i knew but ahead of them they were looking going these are going to keep us awake for our holiday or whatever like you know but at the end of the week it actually gave me absolute goosebumps like to come up to me and they said like I've never ever seen a group of girls so well behaved how they conducted themselves and so on and so forth like, and I was just like you know that that for me is just as good as anything like you know yeah. so um, you know I think that's really really important um, you know to, to to get that message across the girl as well because you're wearing that crest and you, you know as well like especially in football like a lot of people are looking to knock you and all that like so you have to be very very careful um, how what you say how you conduct yourself and all that and like Nowadays, especially with the World Cup, with Ireland, you know, there's little girls now that are come like we go through the airport tomorrow morning. Just, just every chance that a little girl come up to ask for a picture and autograph, like you know, so, um, you know, they now like I always I have a number of mantras, but one of them would be each one teach one, like you know, so like you know that older player now is teaching the younger players, like and 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 showing them kind of good habits and so on, like you know, that's really really important, you know.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds really good values you're instilling into the girls. Um, I know that's a big part of what you do personally and also as an organisation. What else do you do? So that mantra is really good. What else do you do educationally, and and how do you instil that tradition and culture that you want to br- live and breathe every day?
1: Yeah, like um, I, I suppose a lot of stuff we do. Like I mean, just today, like we we had a national academy event and we had Abby Larkin in to do a questions and answers with the um with the girls, and obviously Abby is is the youngest player to represent Ireland, now men or women. At a World Cup like, you know, um and you know what the girls were like, you know. But like it's funny because twelve months ago I asked Abby to do something similar. She's just after making her debut w- with the with the women's national team, herself and Jesse Stable, another obviously top player of the women's national team. And uh like they were really nervous, like, really nervous. Like, and even now to see twelve months on, like, you know, but like I'm not even just thinking about what how good it is for the girls that you know, she's are are asking her questions. It's good for Abby as well. Like you know, to me in front, because because um, you know all that stuff is really really important. So using the players, like the role models, like you know, and um, you know that I think that's really really important. Like that they have that role model now. It's not like Messi or Ronaldo anymore. Like it's Abby Lark and it's Katie McCabe, it's Denise or Sullivan. Like and all them players are really good to come back and speak and 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 give information all that. But uh, like in our National Academy events this year, like. We and, and even myself with camps and all that, we've changed it. Like it's not come in and do a training session and, and come in from all over the country. And then good look, it's always a player education element. So like, you know, the first event we would have done have uh, basically an information session for the parents and players to tell them the whole year, then we'd abby in um today for, for question and answers. Next week there's going to be a mindset. So, so one of our coaches um that's doing you know a lot of sports psychology all She's gonna to, to, to present to them on mindset and resilience, which is is a massive one as well, and and so on. Uh Throughout the year, then we'll have players in, um, that have like really done well with school and college and so on to see how they balanced, like you know, school and all that. We'll also look to have colleges in about scholarships and all that. So even though you might be fifteen and not thinking, but parents are and so on, and, and we need to educate them on on on, on education and so on because education is always number one, particularly in the female game, because there's no guarantee. Um obviously a massive area as well as menstrual cycle when you're when you're when you're coaching female players. So we would do a, a really good um information session on that as well. Like that's complete eye opener and and uh you know something that's really beneficial for for parents and players. Um yeah, so like we've we numbered that. So that's all before. Then they went into the under sixteens program again, you know, a number of things we'd hit on there, like and it's it's funny, like when you speak about mantras and values, like it, it like this comes back to to uh, like a lot of things. Like when we had COVID, you had a lot of time on your hands. And I remember, I think it was paint in the fence, and I was listening to podcast, and uh, it was a podcast. I can't remember who it was with. I think it was um, I can't remember uh, the, the the one, but it was uh, it was Steve Kerr um, speaking about when he started first with the Golden State Warriors and basketball and all that, and kind of like you know finding his way and how he was going to do things, and he went to see Pete Carroll and American football coach and his environment and all that and after about three or four days like Pete Carrey comes in and says like right how, what's your, how are you going to coach like you know what, what's your what's your philosophy about? how are you going to coach and he's like going like you want me to go through the, the plays I'm going to have and basketball or whatever we want to call it Like, and he's like no what's your environment going to be like you know what is going to be like steve kerr the golden state warriors when they come in like what does the place feel what is your kind of non-negotiables whatever it might be like and he's like oh yeah okay and he came in the next day to him he said like four and one of them was fun i think or whatever but it got me thinking like and i'm massive in all these and like you've you know we've all read books like um you know the, the all blacks book and and so on like and there's so many things over the years and i actually ended up making kind of 11 mantras um and and that sticks with me now everywhere like you know so when I would have spoke to this group at the start of the year, like would have put them up and said, like these are things that I think are really, really important for you as players, but also as people as well. Like you know, and like first one is develop the player, develop the person. Like so, so that's what we're looking to do. Yeah, we want to develop players, but we also want to develop good people as well. Like and you know, there's eleven or ten more or such. Like we'll cut through them, but but uh, each one, each one obviously is one of them, and and um, and some of them are like one of them is sweep the Sheds. Obviously, he was taken straight from from um, from the All Blacks. But I was always something that I was. Like from a very young age, like we leave the place as we got it, like you know, and 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 um, I, like it's small little things that you say, like switch sheds or whatever. Or each one, to each one, it, they stick in players' heads, like so. So now, even three, four years ago, girls ever finished with seventeens, like, and and they'll say things like, "Another one's light switch is always on," which means. You're a 24 7 athlete, like you know, but they all have it in their headlights. And like, James' light switch is always on. Like, if they feed me and I was maybe coming out with Supermax, they say, James, your light switch is always on. Like, you know, so, <laughs> so, so it's absolutely top class now, like that. And and that's the way players are now. It's like all the logos just do with Nike, whatever. It's simple, quick things. People remember them. Like, so that's you know, a big tip I give to people, coach, and all that. Like, um, and even, even down to to how we coach and, 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 and some of the, you know, the things we would do on the pitch, we'll say, i try and keep it nice and nice and simple that way as well. Like that, that, uh, the players really kind of respond to it. Like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. R-
0: really good. I think that even just demonstrates the environment and connection. You've got some of your players that they're coming out with the the, the phrases that you say, um, yeah. and finding, and finding good use for it. Let's quick a little bit now from environment, as you said there about keeping it simple in terms of your coaching philosophy so how you coach how you take a group of girls whether you've had them for years or you've had them for for a few months or the new people coming in in a very very nutshell i know it's hard to do but just describe your philosophy what do you think is important about teaching these these girls to develop um and yeah definitely- like, like you
1: know like you know like i said already like develop like, like i always like people watch philosophy is develop player develop person like i like i say that like people sometimes say it's not the person first and the player like but like you need to have the person in and and have them playing football and, and the ball rolling now you can affect habits like because if you come in straight away and go oh this is non-negotiable and so on next thing you can have players rebel against you know so so get the ball moving and then obviously start to give in habits and all that like but like you know like you know it, it's interesting and and, and obviously i'm just you know thinking about this you know and I was, I was sure that was a question that that you'd potentially ask like and it's a, it's a funny one now at the moment, particularly with anti- international football. Like, you know, everyone's philosophy is Pep's philosophy. Do you know what I mean? We all want to play, you know, possession football and, and, um, and, and combinations and, and, and high press and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, like, you know, a lot of it comes from obviously whoever's doing well at the time. Like, you know, it was big with Klopp a few years ago, probably come again, blah, blah, blah all that kind of stuff, right? So, so like, yeah, I, I want players to be really comfortable on the ball, all that kind of stuff. But as an international manager, like if we go and play France, or if we go play Germany, or if we go and play England, like you know, you're going to get blown out of war. Like so, you have to be functional. Like you need to be clued into like right, what are we going to do with this? What's our game plan going to be? Because like at the end of the day, we still are a very small country. Yes, we, we we've got to a World Cup and so on, and we should you know say wait, let's go and compete. But we do have to be mindful as well of of um of our capabilities and what we can do in certain situations and and our resources and so on. Like so, you do have to be um you know, switched on that way. So, so like, like a few little things i give you, like I'm very much now, like you look at things like, um, you know, things over the last couple of years, you'll see, you know, in a game, Um, I'm not speaking nearly about Pep Spares now, but Haaland has had four touches in the box, right? He's had four touches in the box. He scored two goals, right? How do you coach that, like, you know? Um, But like, you know, that's already got me thinking now. So we need to overload them touches in the box. Like, you know, so like when I'm doing sessions, sometimes, you know, just say it's a crossing and finishing session, and you know everyone know crossing and finishing. But I would always have like second phase balls coming in as well, where it might be someone maybe, like you know, at the at the end line or whatever on, like you know, just just or even behind the goal or outside of the goal, or whatever. And after everything's happened, they'll play in a ball as well to give another opportunity. Because sometimes you do things like, you know, phases of play or or something tactical or whatever. And it could be on scoring and, and getting as many goals as possible. It might be only two goals scored. And centre forward mightn't even touch the ball or or do anything that you overly want them to do. So, like, if we're wanting that to become um, really high level and you only get maybe four or five touches in the first half in the box, well, like, you need to make them be the top class. And and for me, the biggest way to do that is, is, is train that as much as you can, like, you know, and we like, you know, other thing I was saying, and I'm passionate about this as well. Like I go around and I see an awful lot of sessions and I've done a lot of these sessions as well. And majority of sessions these days, what we're doing really is developing midfielders. Like, you know, there's just so many sessions that are very like possession central so on and so forth like and you know people always come like oh, where's the wingers gone where are the players that like you know all that kind of stuff like I don't know did you see Messi's pass last night for for Inter Miami it was it was just out of this world like but like you know you know, they're players we, we do want like and we do need to be thinking of that and thinking about the individual and, and getting position specific as well with, with, with the work we do as well um, and that's why I'm wondering right now but that's why as well it's very very important when you go and you see a session like you know Look, some, some coaches here might, it might be themselves and another coach, like, you know, it might be off, but like, make sure if you're on for 90 minutes that you maximize that 90 minutes. You give everything to the players. Like, not an me more than come and see in a session where you might have a head coach and then you have two other coaches or whatever just standing there, like, not doing anything. Everyone needs to be involved. So, like, when we go and do a session like tomorrow with the under 17s, I would normally, and, and people sometimes say, oh, your coach position, but I would be normally in the middle of the, the pitch. Right, because I, if there's and quickly I want to give to a player or whatever, I'll keep the tempo going. Um, if it's a, a high tempo game, sometimes I'll have a ball in my hand, and I'll just drop that. Like, so if a ball goes out of we just play from there. Um, but then one of like with two assistant coaches, so one of them will be Ireland, so like making sure we're set up properly. The players are understanding what we're looking to get out of this, this session. But the other the other coach then will be the opposition team that we're facing. Maybe in two days' time, how do they set up? What do they look to do? What are their patterns and so on? And then the goalkeeping coach is working with the goalkeepers, um, you know, and he's in around that area, like coaching the goalkeepers. And it's another one as well. I see like goalkeepers come along, a goalkeeping coach come along and then they do that 30 minutes, like kicking and all that. Like, and then it's like, right, I'm done. Like, you know, and I'll, I'll like go to the side or whatever and, and let the coaches come in and do the outfield stuff. Like, no, nah, you're always there. You're always giving the information. The key yeah. for you coaching is that maybe 45 minutes when, when you're doing that, like, so you know that's just giving a kind of an idea, I suppose, like you know of how we work, like and and then everything. Then yes, do we want to play out from the back against like? Yeah, of course we want to keep possession on that, but we just do need to be functional. You need to have the plan B and C, um, and 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 also you need to get to the scenario that like players aren't looking out at you at the game, going, what do we do here? Like, can they make their own decisions, um, uh, as much as possible? And, and like you give them as many tools and all that, but then like you know it's it's in them because you know yourselves. When when you played or I played or whatever, if there's someone roaring in from the sideline and you're in a game and you're all over the place and you're maybe overloaded in the midfield or whatever, and there's someone roaring and shouting on the sideline, like your your head is gone, like, you know. Um, so I think that that's a big one as well. So maybe that gives you an insight into maybe how how we work and stuff, you know.
0: That's exactly what I wanted, James. Thank you. Uh, loads of different things to to take part there. First thing you said and what you wrapped up with as well. Like I spoke to um, a coach, Eddie Munley who I know quite well, who's now at FIFA. He coached me at the QPR years ago. He speaks about, we have this perfect um, academy-style football that we play, but we should be teaching solution-based. So if someone presses high and they hit a 1v1, there's no harm in putting it to the winger, 1v1. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. that's what you see with that as well. The other one you spoke about is about, I totally agree with you, we train midfielders all the time. Maybe because they're the most all-rounded and the most general football players, but I think yeah. you win and lose the game in both boxes. You have to train them yeah. in, in, in both boxes. And it brings back to the point around, like are you overloading and giving more repetition to develop or are you making it more relevant to the game? And, and it's the blend the blend of that, I think, that gives gives the tools to the players. You get so much to listen to that.
1: Yeah, like like, like, like the last, you know, I mean, there's always that to be as well about like, you know, um isolated training and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, like and and you know, technique or whatever, you know, like uh, I, like I always say, like do what you think is best in the time you have, like you know, and that, and use the time as best possible. Because like you know, people sometimes come to you know, what, what would you, you, know, I'm like going, well, I don't have the players like five and six sessions a week. Like if I had five or six sessions a week, I'd be probably going, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like you know, but, but 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 like literally, when you have them like for a shot, you, you need to give that best, like, and and what you think is is best for them to to get across, like you know. And I don't think, like one thing I said this last or Friday, I was I was I was doing one of the, one of the courses, um. And I, I just said like um I was presenting kind of on our curriculum on, on player development and um you know I just said to him look guys the very minute we we write something down and put it on this document, it's 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 it's, it's outdated, it's obsolete like it's such like, you know, because football is so evolving, like and you know who who taught like you know like I mean a few years ago you didn't even know what an inverted like fullback was like uh, when I done my UFAB license the the tutor said to me about open body shape right I had no idea I was like I'm on the UFAB license this is 2005 I was like open oh, body shape and I was a player at the time like and all of a sudden I was like oh wow like I literally it was one of the moments where like that is like that's being like straight like I did not know at th- at that time like, what an open body shape was even you know again. Um, a number of years ago, probably one of the best courses I ever done was with the KNVB over in in, in Holland. It was it was back in the early stage around that 2005-2006 and Franz Hook who's who's obviously a famous goalkeeping coach, he he he. Uh, we're doing a session and and someone kicked the ball, the keeper saved it, and the two boys went off the pitch like, and he came in and he let such a roar like you know says the World Cup final, keeper saves the ball, and you walk off the pitch like it's transition, and I was like, transition, what, what is that like? I have no idea, like you know, so. You know sometimes we think oh we know everything and all that like like that's just a couple of examples of, of coming true and, and going well wow, what's going on here like you know um so yeah it is it is very much evolving and um yeah it's it's, it's inter- interesting times for the games like you
0: know yeah it really is but even even your example you gave around the finishing so if we want to make those finishes those six touches well class to have a second phase a third phase it might be a close skill practice but then you might go into a gruffly gruffly finish type practice with with um with opposition. So you're getting the repetition you feel you need to develop those players. You know, so yeah. it's, it's not one tool fits all you just you have you have a range of different skills that you advise the player. So I think you yeah. get some really, really good examples there. Um but just moving on James because I don't want to take up too much of your time this evening I know you've got planning to do for your camp so um yes. I don't want to kill you. What what is it like? I really want to ask you a question around what is it like at a euro ship or World Cup where pressures high, even at under 17, you know, that means everything for staff, to players, that is the, the pinnacle at their career at that time. What is it like? What's the, how do you manage that group dynamic? What do you feel of other teams? What sort of pressures do you feel or, or, or not feel? Um,
1: yeah. Like, look, like, you know, I mean, I, I go back to our last, um, like, you know, in the women's under-17s, only eight teams qualify for the Euros, like, right? So it's it's very, very, like, you know, you think about eight teams around Europe, like, straight away you go, like, France, Germany, you know, and and Spain, England, like, you know, that's that's four straight away. Scandinavian teams are very strong in, in women's football. So so it's really, really difficult, like, but, like, our last round, um you know, to qualify for the Euros, we were actually first seeds, so, like, you know, going into as first seeds. Second seeds were France, uh, third seeds were Italy, and, um, the four seeds were Kosovo, okay. So you know, like everyone would have gone in and said, "Look, well, Kosovo will be the game that you know." But Kosovo were, 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 were made it difficult for all teams as well. So no easy games in, in international football. Um, And then, like you know, we, we won our first game against Kosovo three 0 and then we played Italy, like right, and a really big game, like because like you know, it, you know, really, you think France is going to be the main game, but like Italy's really like, and Italy was really like really tough it was it was it was near, near 25 degrees like in march in in france like down, down around south france and it was like it was just unbelievable like you know um really emotional game as well and all that and we won 1-0 like um but like now you're going it's unbelievable but now you have to get ready to play your toughest game as well like and and all that like you know because because even a simple thing like you know going back to the hotel like, everyone is so wired like that like sleep is an issue now because um you know, players, I know myself, like I go do a late session or whatever, you come home, you know, sleep three o'clock in the morning. Like, so so like all that stuff needs to be taken into account, all the stuff we are thinking about and all that. But like and then like you're you're after having an unbelievable high, and now you're preparing to play France and it's in France, like, and we're both six points, and whoever wins goes to the Euros, right? And and they're a second seed to come in as second seed, like you know, and like so we, we prepared like really well, you know, said we're ready to go, whatever. Um, and just just give you kind of ideas, like, you know, so we went into the game, um, we went one down maybe after about 15 minutes, right? And you're like, uh, oh, it's going to be tough. They're really at it now today, like, you know. And then I think maybe on the 17th minute, our keeper, who's absolutely having, like, an unbelievable tournament, um, their center forward just comes in and absolutely clatters, right? And she's, like, a massive, like, golf ball coming out of her head, like, she, she's gone right, and, you know, you're bringing on your, your 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 game changers, we call them always, like, but you're bringing on your, your game changer, which you don't think is a goalkeeper or such, like, yeah. but you're bringing on a goalkeeper, but now she's a game changer, because, like, I mean, she needs to go in, she's done really well, right, and um, went in, and we end up, you know, maybe nearly going two down, but, like, you know, we, hang on, we hung on, and then we scored, like, to make a 1-1 just before halftime, right, now you're going in, Half time even changes like like it's in two minutes now. Boom, right? Where it's one one and so on. You're going to half time, brilliant. Um, you know we're in this game. They're going to feel a little bit of pressure in their dressing room now as well. Like you know, one one will get them through. They have a higher goal difference and and all that. Like you know, and then um, we're about to go out and our like probably key centre midfielder, um, gets up and then is like I can't walk. Like like so like some kind of like injury with our foot. Like you know and and like. She now is going in. We're trying to stop her. Restarting nearly the game, like because like we're ri- literally got to knock. Like next thing she says oh, something wrong, so she's gone with the physio. Like just mad stuff, like and you know, so just, just to paint a picture, like and then we go up in the second half, um, and we we actually had a really like good call for a penalty or whatever, like could have made it two one, but they're like constantly on us, like and then it gets to uh, we have to take her off, so she's gone now as well. So two like absolutely key players, like and you're playing against France, right? And we get to the a six, minute, um, and they score to make it two one. And then you've other things going through your head, like, um, you know, thinking about like maybe changing formation because now we need to win this game and all that, like you know. But like, we, the game ended up six one. We lost six one, like you know, right? And and like, how you like you're you're talking about like players are crying. You're, you're nearly like because you've given everything like to this, like, and players are obviously you know distraught, like and like you know a typical rugby group they're like feeling they let you down like and you're like going off oh, <laughs> i maybe done this everyone is like their headspace like and um it's it's really really tough and then you know you have your parents in that as well that all come out as well and you know one or two parents could be disappointed or didn't play that day and all you know yeah. it's just it like so it's it, like just paint the picture of of how kind of difficult it'd be like and but it's it's funny like you know I remember I, I always say to players, like, never, like, you know, like, that's where, like, you know, how you conduct yourself and everything. Like, players are just unbelievable. Like, went over or congratulated. Like, and even for myself, I went over to Francis and Look, you're absolutely top class today. I wish you the best. Like, if you play like this, you win the Euros. Like, and like, they were second seed. They went on and won the Euros. Like, they actually bet Switzerland 10 2 in the semi final. Like, so maybe it wasn't, I wasn't the worst that year. Like, but, but the, like, I just want to kind of paint, like, that's like the ups and downs of that tournament. And then like you come home and you're home and you've got two kids and a wife that like haven't seen you for 10 days and they're mad to and you're just on the floor, like you know. Um, but like yeah, it's 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 really, really difficult that way, like, you know, and you have your updates, but you you know, it is really, really tough. Like, so um, I don't know, yeah, it just kind of paints a kind of picture of a kind of a, a tournament, such so, such highs and, and and such lows, like you know, but uh but like fantastic experiences for the players as well. Like, I mean, all that'll stand to them as well, like you know, and uh yeah, yeah, friends, just just an incredible team, like you know.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds crazy. I mean, people that don't work in sport probably won't understand like the in time, the quick decisions you have to make and the emotional regulation you have to do, not just for yourself, but for everybody else, within the yeah. space of two or three minutes. So it, but that's like a complete extreme. James, where do you sit or where does the FI sit in terms of like, okay, so your your job is to develop players for the first team, essentially, and bring as many like you know top talent through and bolster the top end how does that filter down in terms of like winning at different age groups so like you want to go there and win like winning's a mentality you want to do it but where's where's the balance between development and winning and, and how do you think they go hand in hand
1: yeah like i mean look like I, like at the end of the day like senior is winning right like you know i mean you go to the world cup like we wanted to do as well as you could small like really small margins and so on and so forth but like like that's winning right like 19s, then obviously you are preparing to win as well. Like and 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 like you know, you need to get that mentality, the game management, all that. Like and 17s is very similar as well because like you know there is Euros, there is qualification, there is seeding, there is all that kind of stuff. But like you know, for example, like you know, we would have two players at the moment that are qualified for our 17s, but they're playing with the 19s because that's like where we see their challenge at the moment like you know so if they can go and play on the 19s like that's obviously more of a challenge like there's no point in them going and, and, and sitting on the bench like you know so like yeah. you know and that, that's two players that I would love to have like but again that's I suppose where we're at like like the key for us and like the key for me is, is, is probably how many players go up into the 19s maybe on the first year from our 17s and so on and then also like next like you know a couple of years who actually goes and 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 gets their senior appearances like and that gives you such a buzz when you see a girl like like i yeah. spoke about like you know unbelievable she was captain of the 17s like you know 16 months ago like you know so so a very quick transition for her into playing a world cup being the youngest player to represent her country boys and girls so like you know um but but we do like you do need to get that across like because Like the more we the more games we play. Like so if you look at France, like they got to go to the Euros, they played another five games in their development. So and that's why it's 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 a big thing for me. And I I would love the the men's under seventeen is actually 16 teams, and that would give us a lot better of a chance. We would have qualified, like obviously a second in that group. Um so so like you know, what I'm seeing, and we have to be careful is the elite like like you know, top teams in Europe will be seen as the the top tier or whatever. They start to move away, like you know, um, and and all of a sudden, then you've kind of a middle, and then you've kind of like a, you know, and it just the gaps sometimes get bigger, like so, you know, we we need to make sure we play, and that's like where the winning does come in, like we need to win games to get to them stages, like so, and the mentality and all that, and the momentum and all that, so it, like it does, it does, um, you know, serve a purpose as well, like you know, I'm I'm not like when I go and I go into European, like I'm not turning around to uh to players and saying guys, everyone's going to get play, played here. Like, it's going to be great. Like, you're going to get your 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 face painted when you go out. You're going to get a blue and everything. It's like a pair. It's not, like, I mean, that's not... We are at the top, like, players in this country at that age. Like, and there's going to be lots of ups and downs and so on. Um, And it's difficult for these players as well, like, because you're talking about players that have always being the top players. Everyone has played them. Played them the most I minutes. Mean, they've been captains and so on. And then all of a sudden they get to a stage where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not starting this game or... I didn't come on in that game or I'm maybe not the captain of a team, you know, and, and that's all difficult for, for girls. And again, it comes back to as well, something we're passionate about. We have to be very careful what we praise. Like, there's too many, particularly in the boys game where superstars at 12s and 13s and everyone's like, oh, you're great, you're great. And next thing all of a sudden, like, they could be addicted to, to drugs or something. Like, 19, like, they completely gone off the radar. I've seen it. Like, I'm I'm sure yourself, like, have played with guys that are, are, are were absolute superstars at young ages and they never met anything. And then you had that kind of silent kind of person that didn't just went about their business and all that. And all of a sudden they're they're the top player or the professional player. Like, you know, um, even I always say this, like Shane Long would have been at my local club, like, you know, and, and obviously a, a senior international player for the Republic. Like he, um, he was probably the third best player at a local grassroots club at his age group. Like, you know, he wasn't yeah. like, you know, and then, 18 all of a sudden he, he was exploding he was really quick and, and all that like so um i just we have to be very careful what we praise like praise that effort and and that values good good manners all that kind of stuff and and a particularly effort and all that um it was interesting uh i seen something with kobe Bryant the other night and it was a little snippet of a video it was on twitter or something and it was it was saying yes i was given unbelievable talent or whatever you want to say like you know he had something but he said, I worked every day to make sure I fulfilled that potential like every day, like, you know, and he says, I've seen too many people who have turned that away, like, you know. Uh, yeah. So, Re-
0: so, yeah, really good point. There, there was a guy, a goalkeeper coach called Perry Suckley, Sucklin who works at Tottenham. He was a QPR for a little bit. He always said, beware of the silver medalist. So like the mm. six, seven out of 10, the consistent ones throughout the age groups mm. ends mm. up becoming the front runner, as you say, because mm. they, they, they don't get the overpraise, the hunger's there and and people develop at different times. And, and yeah,
1: don't yeah. it them. was it, it, it was just on that, Point. It was interesting. I watched King Richard the other night. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, um, yeah. The one with the, the, yeah, like and like it was it was so funny. I was watching with my wife, like, and uh, you know, she was like, You love this, and I was like, Yeah, I was like looking all through and I thought this is really, really good. Like, but you could see, like, you know, early doors, like, it's all about Venus, like, you know, um, and 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 so on, and, and and Serena's kind of in the background, like, and then there's that little kind of scene, like I can't believe I haven't seen this more often, like, but where he goes down and he speaks to Serena and says, like, you know. You're going to be the best of all, like, you know, and so on. And and how often you see that as well. Sometimes it's the youngest in the families are actually um, yeah. you know, turn out to be the the better player or whatever. Like maybe it's been they they've always had to struggle or whatever, but uh but I thought that was um like you know, so then at the end, like comes up like seven Grand Slams for for Venus, which is unbelievable and the best players, but 10, twenty three for Serena, like, like
0: crazy it's, stuff, it's like you know. A really good film, really good film. Yeah. Um, James, last couple, just to wrap this up, and I guess some kind of future questions for you personally, and also uh, the girls' game in general in Ireland. Where first of all, we we'll start with there. Where do you see the girls' game growing all the time, and especially in Ireland, it's just getting, you know, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. Where do you see it going, and how do you think it's going to get there? As you say, to really close that gap, maybe with with some of the perceived bigger countries or more resource countries, or
1: yeah, like look, like you know, I suppose. Last year, like our league became professional, and now still a lot of players are are amateur players as such. Like you know, but um, you know, like you know, we, we need to like it's it's all well and good like having a scenario, you know, where players go to England or go wherever you know go to America, whatever whatever it might be. But like we do need to try and produce players in our own league and have the standards and the quality and the coaching and everything of a very very high standard, particularly for the younger players. Like and and um, you know. All our players, if you look at the Italian nineteen, you know, all the players are playing top clubs over in uh, over in the UK and 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 uh, it was unbelievable. But now it's a different environment over there. Like, you know, you even go to your academies, like there's a lot of international players and so on. Like obviously Brexit has maybe changed that a little bit, but that's the way the game is, has gone now. So the chances to get into them environments. So we need to make sure. Like Brexit has been one of the best things for us, even though we mightn't see it yet, but we have had to get our act together. Um, yeah. at home um, to make sure we're not relying on, on English academies and Scottish academies to, to produce our players like so, so that's where we do like you know there's a big thing at the moment in terms of we're doing a football pathways plan um, so Mark Hannum our, our director of football is is, is is at that at the moment and you know that will be released in November and that will kind of be the kind of future kind of where we see our players and our development going and we've also done a strategy um, for facilities like facilities are really really poor like you know um, and you know, that's that's a major area that has to go hand in hand with player development as well. Like, you know, and then, you know, we have to look at obviously our underage leagues and are we given the best competitions? Um, have we structures in terms of the best coaches working with them players as well? We, over the last number of years, through we for funding and, and our, our coach education department in we, we've we've put through an awful lot of female coaches now, like unbelievable amount of female coaches gone through. But now we need to mentor them. We need to give them opportunities and so on. Um, to, to become the best as well like you know and I, I still think there's a long way to go in terms of the standard of coaching all through like you know from from grassroots up to to the top end as well like you know which is it is very good but you know we can always strive to be better like and you know an area that we touched and obviously you know an area that, that 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 you work in is like you know sports science and so on like it's absolutely you know very basic with us like we you know all that area needs to become you know um you know top class like you know that we 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 have even even in, in the female game there's very little academic research like and so on like and you see it now like ACLs are obviously massive issue at the moment but like there's no like kind of like studies or there's no kind of like where you know and if it was happening in the men's game probably be loads of money put into it like so you know these are all areas that we need to uh to get better in as well like you know but I, I think the game at the moment like is is um is growing itself like just just with all like you know Italian ninety was was the thing I say got me going the same thing hopefully with the World Cup with the women's game, um but we can't just rely on that either like you know we have we have to be making sure we have put you know things in place ourselves like but uh, yeah it's it going to require a lot of hard work and so on and um you know investment is a big one like you know playing the simple like you know you need to invest and you know, as you know, in Ireland, like, there's, there's a lot of people and a lot of sports as well that are looking for investment. Like, you know, even our athletics um, and our athletes have done very well at the, the World Championships. Like, so they'll be looking for, you know, so everyone, for a small country, we do we do compete well, like, sports-wise. Like, I think if I invented a sport in the morning, we'd probably have um, an Ireland team by the evening. Like, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's it's funny that way. Like.
0: Yeah, no, really good. I'm sure you're integral to those uh, future progressions and, and moving it on. James, last question. Um, Where do you see, where's your future for yourself? Where do you want to get to? um, What's the progression for you? You've done some amazing things in your career so far. Where do you see your journey carrying on to?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's really like, I mean, I've always uh, liked the idea of being a kind of a technical director, like where you kind of like oversee, you know, and kind of have, you know, really kind of change and so on. And, um, you know, I've I've seen some of that. So I've obviously when I was younger and, and didn't have two kids and a wife, I've done a lot of traveling as well to see, you know, um different courses, different clubs, all that kind of stuff. Like so I have always loved that kind of side of it, like that you kinda of oversee the technical aspects of the club and and or, or the organization or whatever. Like, you know, I am I like I know I am very much wanting the FEI and, and Irish football to progress. Like so, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, would you not go travel or whatever maybe into the future kids are a little bit older and all that it's actually it's an interesting one like because you know people kind of say oh like at the moment I think I I, I sometimes need to make a decision family-wise now as well because I've got a one and a half year old and a four and a half year old like you know so like I've been away for three months of the year probably um over the last 12 months like and that's that's tough like you know so so like I think you know maybe my next choice might be like to see right where we get them to a certain age, like and and be at home as much as possible, because you won't get back them years, like you know. So, um, so that's that's something like you know, uh, it's probably not the answer. Like he's like, oh, I'll go here, or there. I'm not overly, I'm not overly like people say. What about like senior football? It doesn't. Oh, at the moment, it doesn't. It's not something I'm like. I love working with young players and trying to to bring them on and and give them values and habits and so on and 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 you know see them progress and all that. Like you know that really. You know, I'd see myself as a player developer, so I'm not sure about senior football and stuff, you know.
0: Brilliant. James, uh, just on behalf of the Locker and Podcast and DFS and the listeners, thank you very much for coming on today. It's been a, it's been a really good chat and they're gonna yeah. get so much from it.
1: Perfect, no problem. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it myself.
0: All the best in the camp and, and future um, qualifications, for Euros and, and we'll be keeping an eye out for for the team.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, same to
0: yourself. Thank you, James. Top man. No worries.